Hey, podcast listeners. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast. This is the second of four episodes, which are part of a course on starting small groups. I want to invite you to be part of this course, which can be found on our website, umcdiscipleship.org. Now, you can move through that course at your own pace or do so as part of a group. Uh, these episodes are just one portion of the resources that are available to help start or restart your small group ministry. In this second episode, we are going to have back with us Mark Youngman, one of my pastors from Providence United Methodist Church. He is the pastor of discipleship. And joining us as well is Joy Dodge, who is the director of Connections. And so I think you're going to find this conversation quite lively as we enjoyed our conversation together. And so let's roll into that interview. Mark and Joy, I'm so glad that you could be with me today. Uh, it's a beautiful day in Nashville, uh, and I'm glad you're you're going to join us for this. It's going to be a really good conversation. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. Uh, so I just want to begin by letting you say how long you've been at Providence United Methodist Church and what your role is. So Mark, we'll start with you. Yeah, thanks for having us, Scott. It's good to, good to be back with you. Um, my name is Mark Youngman. I am pastor of discipleship at Providence Church, which is funny. Titles are kind of funny because we're all we're all doing discipleship together. <laughs> Amen. Uh, yeah. It's been an amazing ride for, for the last four and a half years. And you also, I think, have the most number of podcast guests. I think I think you have that title. Wow. Really? I think so. It's impressive. I'm, I'm looking for the plaque on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the mail. Yeah, it's <laughs> metal. It with the check. <laughs> right, right. Nice. I'll be waiting. <laughs> Joy, tell us about yourself. Yes, I'm Joy Dodge, and I'm currently the Director of Connections at Providence United Methodist, and we have been at Providence for about four and a half years. Okay. All right. All right. So, Mark, we're going to start with you. How do small groups help your church live out the mission of Providence United Methodist Church? Yeah. Um, our, <clears throat> excuse me, our, our vision of the church is to see those who feel disconnected from God and the church find hope, healing, and wholeness in Jesus. And then the mission is kind of how we how we live that out. And so we talk about that in terms of seeking God, welcoming people, offering Christ, and responding by serving. So our small groups are really like the the incubator place where all that happens, mm. where, yeah. where and, you know, people are seeking God together. There's also this, this great um, uh, uh, culture of welcoming people that takes place across the church, but also is, it has to happen in the in small groups as well. People are offering Christ to, to each other, and and then our groups actually go and serve together as well. So they're, they're living out the, the mission of the church together. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the things y'all do so well is helping uh, the mission and the vision um, be a container for what y'all do, that everything lives within that, and people make that connection directly of why they're in a small group and how that fits into the, the larger vision. Joy, you want to add anything to that, or...? I think he said it really well. One uh, thing I love about our church is it's not really like, what am I going to do? It's like, which one? Mm. Which thing am I going to pick to do? So I love that small groups um, can just sort of look at that and have a great overview um, of a service opportunity to get involved with. Yeah, no, very, very well said. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I, you know, I, it, it is interesting that, you know, I'm not just interviewing y'all in a sense from a distance. Like, I go to Providence too. Like, I, I get to experience this <laughs> as part as being a, a member of a small group. We're the lucky ones. That's right. Yes, yes. That's right. So one of the things I'm always curious about is what are the main joys you've experienced when working with small groups? Because both of y'all have worked directly. I know Joy has more hands-on than Mark is right now, but you've both done this work and continue mm-hmm. to. So what are the, the joys 
that you find in um, in working with small groups? I think one of the best things, um, I love seeing people just form those connections. Um, you know, Mount Juliet, we live in a really unique place uh, where we're really close to Nashville. And so we have people coming in that, that are maybe like 55 plus and want to be with their grandkids and they're new to the area. And then we could have couples, 20s, 30s, 40s that are coming to the area also relocating because of a job or something like that. And so I feel like it's so easy to go into a church, especially one our size with four different services just to go in and walk out and you still feel maybe you're not making those connections. So I love getting families, especially involved in small groups. And then slowly you'll start to see them sitting by each other Mm -hmm. um, at church or they'll talk about going to lunch. And I've had them come and say, you know, I didn't really know anybody. I would just walk in and walk back out. Now I feel like I know someone. And so Um, Yeah, I love that. I just love seeing them actually make those connections. So then it doesn't feel like such a big church that they're, you know, a part of. Yeah. And you're right. It is a unique church. I mean, Mark, how, I guess either one of you can tell me how old the church is. I think not everyone knows that. That How old, the church is 11 years old as of a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man, I thought for sure we were still in the single digits. Okay. So 11 (laughs) years. So we're getting old. Yeah. Um, But it's all one of the other unique things about, Providence is, you know, normally when people think about a church plant that's still not even in the teenage years yet, right. is it's going to be full of young people. And, and there are young people there. We've been talking about sure. the number right. of children there are. Right. But it's also across the street from Del Webb, which is a retirement yes. community. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I really appreciate about Providence is the generations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. It's not like y'all just, y'all have young people in small groups. Yes, definitely. Y'all have a, uh, a cross generation. Yes. I would say that we have just as many small groups that are uh, 55 plus demographic as we do like 20s, 30s with toddlers. Mm-hmm. I think as Joy has identified, there are like, people are looking for the same thing. If, you, yeah. if they're coming in their 20s, they're coming in in their 60s. They're looking, looking for a connection mm-hmm. um, with, within a church and they walk into this place that's really big. And yet we're able to see that that's happened, like that community is actually taking place there. Yeah. Um, that to me is the greatest, the greatest joy of that is seeing like even kind of that look of recognition in, in, and when people are making eye contact as they walk in the building, you know, they're something, something is happening there. And it's, it's, be, it's uh, in large part because of small groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, a, a large part of our audience are churches that have older adults. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so I don't want them to get the impression that y'all created small groups just for young young oh, families. No, absolutely not. Right. That there's, there, I mean, I get to see that when I go to the coaches meeting that you host, right? And I'm looking around and, yeah, there's people in, who are retired. Well, at least mm-hmm. say that, right? It's, you know, they have hair hairlines like mine, right? <laughs> <laughs> We just hold the line at fifty-five plus, and we just don't we don't count up higher than that. I like that as I approach <laughs> yes. that age. I, I like that more and more. <laughs> jo- um, Mark, any other joys you want to talk about in terms of working with small groups? Um, I think I think that's really one of the biggest things. That recently, in the last couple of years, we've had um, just some great success with the young, younger adult small groups that are coming in. You know, with the recently marrieds maybe, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, beginning in that life stage and just kind of watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like really quickly, um, you know, move, move through through these life stages and they're, they're, some of them are parenting now and they're they're sharing in, in the joy of all that, that life together. Mm-hmm. Um, and just watching watching how that happens and they're growing in their faith at the same, at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. And what that does is it bears fruit in the life of the church. Like we have, we have leaders that are developing in these small groups in a way that we didn't, we didn't chart out, <laughs> but we right. see it happening. And so there's just a, yeah, I have an, an immense joy in seeing 
how God is, um, it's, it's like a generative movement, really, that out, out of these small groups, there's more and more of that, that connection that's happening, um, even, even beyond just, just the, the core of the group itself, but that, uh, that DNA seems like it just kind of spreads throughout the church. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I've done a wonderful job with the structure of things, but one of the things I hear is, you know, you do all the work structurally, but then organically the spirit works. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it has to absolutely. Be that way. Yeah. Yes. You know, I mean, you, you can't force that. It just, but you, you do your part, your planning, right. your strategy, and all that. But then, you know, what the hope is the spirit shows up and does something that only the spirit can do. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, along with joys come frustrations. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's. Uh, I wish we could just end the podcast there. Small <laughs> groups are awesome. Just do it. They're wonderful. No problem at all. No problem. And it would be a big lie. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> right. We would be setting people up for failure as they as I get lots of emails and calls. You said this would be perfect and wonderful, and it's not. It's hard work. <laughs> and it is hard work, and there are frustrations. So mm-hmm. sh- share some of the frustrations, some obstacles, some challenges that you've had in small groups. Yeah. You know, I think um, one of the things, so when people sign up for our small groups, we have an option where they can list like a night that would work best for them. And so I joke, I wish I could be this magical unicorn. And <laughs> like I had a guy, you know, he wanted to be in a group of only um, 30 year olds that did not have kids, but were thinking about having kids on Tuesday nights at 530, you know, and I'm like, oh man, that doesn't, you know, give me a lot to work with. But um, I wish that I can make everyone happy and, you know, put them in a group that was just the absolute perfect fit for them. Um, but that is a frustration in the sense of, you know, trying to find a night that works best for the majority. And so that's what I'll look at. You know, I'll try to find something that's best um, for the majority. And then kind of going hand in hand with that, um, when you have a couple that maybe signs up and they're so excited and uh, maybe all my groups are full, you know, that have kids around their ages, and then maybe I don't have enough couples to start a new group. And so I feel like I'm sort of leaving them hanging for an amount of time. And so that is really hard, especially because, I mean, I'm all about connections and I want to connect them. And they've taken that step to reach out to us. And so what I try to do in those situations is plug them in, you know, to a women's Bible study or a men's Bible study or to come to care night, um, a thing that we have on Tuesday nights where they can be part um, of another group. And so I try to find something else for them to get involved. But um, yeah, that can make it really tricky when, you know, I just want to find the perfect spot for them in that moment. Yeah, good. Good, Joy. Yeah. Uh, Mark, what would you add to that? What other frustrations? Yeah, I mean... I think we had... I think one of the podcasts we did with you early on was the trouble with small groups, and we named one. <laughs> yeah, we just sat down and said, hey, what's the trouble with small groups? <laughs> we'll, we'll add a few more here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that the... Uh, Joy is right on, and, and she's excellent at being able to help help people find that uh, community doesn't look the same. There's not just one one model for that, so there are different ways that it happens within Providence Church, and so part of that is communicating that and saying, maybe for this season, this is exactly the, the, the small group community that you need to be in, and maybe that's part of Care Night, and um, allowing that to be okay, um, and but being... Uh, being someone who wants things to to work well and perfectly all the time, I definitely, you know, when people come in on day one and they actually reach out and say, I want to be in a small group, like we wish we could plop them right in there. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah. Call right this number and this yeah. person. Today, will, yeah. yes. But the thing you have to think about is, you know, if you're talking, if you put it in terms of like uh, dating or a marriage relationship, like it, you, you don't just plop right into it and it, and it goes, you know, it like takes take some time. There's some maneuver, <laughs> maneuvering around and, and figuring some things out, um, you know, so so that it, like all relationships, it takes some time to, to get that 
developed and get people into the into a small group. Yeah, and that's the core of it is relationships. What were you going to say, Joy? Um, I was going to say when I start a new group, whether it's couples or singles, you know, I could be taking seven to eight um, couples or, you know, singles. That would be 14. And, uh, you know, I say essentially I'm taking a group of strangers and just hoping for the best, right? Like I try to find a commonality, but, yeah. you know, you really do – um, of course, we're prayerful over like what we're doing because we really do want those connections to last. But, um, you know, if you you try so hard to do that and then maybe they all get together and just immediately you could be like, oh, well, you know, just with personalities alone. And so Absolutely. like you said, you really do have to rely a lot to do our part and then sort of release it and hope the spirit moves in that situation because you can take it so far. Well, you, you've raised a question for me. I hope it's OK if I go off script here a little bit. So what happens, you put the personalities together and they don't blend well, right? I mean, a perfect, you know, I think of when I make a smoothie and I put all the ingredients <laughs> together and it comes out just, you know, the, the ingredients blend together well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the ingredients don't blend together well, right? Yeah. What do you do then? We, we had an example recently of where everything lined up, like age, ages lined up, mm-hmm. uh, ge- geography, you know, the neighborhoods, everything was perfect. The time mm-hmm. of day they could meet and all that. Um, but they were actually really different um, uh-huh. politically and theologically and, um, and, and to, to such an extreme that it made it really difficult for us to even be able to, um, to, to find a way forward in that. And so um, the ideal thing in that situation would be that we would, fi- we would be able to kind of walk through that and, um, in a Christ-like manner and sometimes be able sure. to find new, new groups that actually just – so that tension, you know, the tension – isn't there if it's if it's just untenable and we can't can't work to it? Yeah, yeah. yeah and we have um, each small group has a coordinator, and so I really stay in touch with that coordinator. And so you know, when I start a group, I say, you know, you have to give it time. It takes time to build authenticity with each other. You know, you're probably not going to pour your life story out at meeting number three, and so give it some time. And um, you know. One unique thing I love about our groups is you're not just married to that group the second that you visit, you know, so give it a go. Try to stay involved for a year and then we're all adults. Right. So yeah. we can handle this like in a manner that has good boundaries for everyone, you know, and um, you can talk to your coordinator. You can talk to me and just be like, you know what? These are kind people, but maybe we're just not a great fit. And that's OK. And that's all you have to say. And then we'll try to put you in another group. So we try to be proactive so that they know that they have some outlets and some resources, you know, ahead of time, hopefully before it um, gets to sideways. Yucky. Yeah. Sideways. Well, <laughs> and I think that, you know, one of the great things y'all do is give a lot of support. Uh, and one of the supports that you give is the covenant. Mm-hmm. Right. And as you say, like it's, it's a one year. Let's let's give it one year. Right. Which for a lot of people is such a helpful release. Like, OK, so this isn't forever. Because <laughs> right. some yes. people come with that fear of maybe they were in a Sunday school class for decades mm-hmm. and they come right. to a small group and they're thinking, well, I hope we bond because we're in this forever. Right. And to be able to say, well, let's give it a go. And if it doesn't work, we can handle this maturely. And, and to have the covenant to help provide some boundaries. Like, mm-hmm. here's how we're going to yeah. be together. Mm-hmm. It's such a helpful tool. I do think, and I think we talked about it maybe last time I was here as, as well. But almost almost any situation where there's um, a, a crisis or, or or even a smaller smaller issue, if we frame it in the context of that covenant, it's we can always come back to say we this is where we started. This is what we all said was important to us, and and it can most situations. In fact, I sound like a broken record a lot of times when, when talking with some of the small groups. Is um, have you have you gone back to the covenant? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Well, it helps depersonalize right. and, and sort right. of creates a healthy triangle of Absolutely. we don't have to, 
um, be mad at each other. We can just simply say, is this covenant working for us? If it's not working for us, okay, well, let's, let's, let's have that conversation right. mm-hmm. as opposed to just simply butting heads, um, which never goes well. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I want to highlight that. I mean, I think that's really important that y'all support the small groups by having a, a, each small group having a coordinator, having the covenant in place, doing things like that to really help support the small group structure so they're not just on their own sort of free-floating, right? But you're being very intentional about what's happening within the group and, and how y'all relate with them, I think, is really, really important. Good. Ready to move on past frustrations and some <laughs> better... Yeah, let's pick it up here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think my next question then is uh, share a testimony or two of ways you've experienced or heard from other other experiences, um, how discipleship formation has occurred through small the small group ministry at Providence. Yeah, I think there are, there are several ways that, that we see that happening. In uh, we were talking before we hit record about um, trying to identify identifiable fruit, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the one of the ways that we see most often uh, is groups caring caring for members who are hurting, mm-hmm. um, and and it's it's care, and that's what you'd expect in Christian community. But also, what it can do is hold people hold people in in the middle of it. Um, you know, a lot of times when people leave community, it's because something big has happened that they don't think the community can handle with them. Um, mm-hmm. I had a, a a good friend who lost his um, twenty twenty year old daughter this this year, and his small group was was that community yeah. that was just with him constantly, and um, you, you know that held him in the middle of. Um, what it means to be in a Christian community, what it means to be um, on a journey of discipleship. And so he's, mm-hmm. he's still there and in many ways in a deeper place um, with Jesus um, than before that happened. And it's, and it's because of the context of that community hold, holding him together. Yeah. Anything you want to add there, Joy? Yeah, I just think it really gives this beautiful representation of being the hands and feet of Jesus, sort of what he said and going along with that, whether it's a death, a sickness, you know, an illness, and you just feel alone and scared and maybe you yeah. don't know what to do. And so it's just those people taking care of each other, you know, and it could be like that, like a death or even maybe someone just had a surgery and, you know, bringing them a meal. It could just be something that we think is really simple and well, it's not really that much. But if when you're that person and when you're in need of it, I think that that really shows what the church is, you know, meant to do. And it just, again, ties back to the hope, healing and wholeness and bringing that to people. Yeah, I'm not thinking of the verse, weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Yes. Yes. Right, and people are hungry for that place of belonging, mm-hmm. right? That's and right. that's something the Christian community has to offer, is that that's who we're called to be. And it's in those small groups that we experience that nurture and care that then gets us into a place of, um, I want to go deeper, right? I'm belonging, and I'm beginning to behave, and now I need to work on my believing, yes. right? I mean, all those have to work together. And if you're not belonging it, it's real hard to work on the believing end of, of Christianity. Yes, yes, that's good. Uh, and, you know, and, y'all, and I think one of the other things y'all do very well is small groups are maybe primary, but it's not the only avenue for growing in discipleship, right? You have Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Um, you have care night, right? You have these other avenues for people to be a part of that help them to go deeper, right? That it's that's not right. just simply uh, a small group where we are connecting and we are doing that, but that's not... That's not the only avenue. Yeah. Definitely one thing that we've been um, noticing more and more is that um, as people come and, and join the church, that, that mission language I mentioned earlier, that's our membership question. 
Will you seek God? Will you welcome people? Will you offer Christ? Will you respond by serving? And we're seeing that um, within the community of, of small groups and, and some of the other ones that we don't call small, small groups as well, that those are places where that's actually being lived out. And so when somebody's mm-hmm. becoming a covenant member and we're saying, uh, you need to get in a small group, or you, need to get, you know, it's not, not to check off things off, <laughs> off a list so that you right. can, you know, keep your membership <laughs> level at a high status. It's so that you can actually live it out. Yeah. And so that's, so that's you know, we're seeing that happen within the context of these, these small groups. Mm-hmm. To raise another question for me, um, again, sorry to go off script, but um, you often have, I want to say about once a month, you have a, a visitor's, um, I forget what you call it now. Welcome 101. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I could see it in my head. I saw it on the screen, right? The words, <laughs> the words are coming. Um, and how how do you use Welcome 101 to connect people into small groups? Yeah, that's a, it's a really fun, it's a fun thing that we that we do, as you said, about once a month. And most of our team is, is present at that and um, everybody everybody shares a little bit of their heart and a little bit about how to connect in ministry. And, and then Joy, Joy will stand up and talk about, it's kind of in our section on adult discipleship, um, and share about the picture of what those look like. And then our team is all around and, and following that. And it's just kind of a it's pretty relaxed environment, you know, coffee and all that around. And so after we're actually finished with the meeting, we stick around and people follow up with questions and indicate interest in, you know, uh, that's a lot of a lot of um, connections can be made at that, and that's one of our a, a key way for people to get into small groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, just to me, it shows how strategic you are, right? It's not just simply a welcome, glad you're here. Here's a little more about the church, but then making the connection into small groups and other ways people can grow, which I, that's yeah, that's that's really helpful. You know, I've never been to that. Um, I keep I see it. I'm like, I still need to go to that. Like, I've been here four years. I should. Like, I yeah. keep thinking we'll get you in a small group. <laughs> <laughs> Last Sunday of the month. We'll see you there. That's right. Okay. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, seriously, I, I'm, I'm going to show up one time just randomly. Okay. Why are you here? You've been here. Yeah, well, because I haven't been yet because I want to experience it. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that you see that as strategic and we have it all charted out on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it may not feel that way to y'all, all right? No, it is. You're, no, you're right. It is important to have, we have those markers along the, along the, the road for uh, especially, especially for new people coming in, that they can understand that well. There's here's this thing coming up where I know I can I can either sit and listen or I can actively ask questions. But mm-hmm. by the time I leave this 45 minute um, thing, I'm going to know some next steps to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and just to add one more to that is every Sunday, um, if you're a visitor, meet us out in the lobby in this area and get a gift, and we want to know more about you and meet you. I mean, every every. I've never been there where that hasn't been stated. And that's really important because most people are not thinking in those terms and just how intentional you all are about making that first step, right. which leads to another step, which leads to another step, right? And right. Um, that's that's really important for churches to be mindful of how are we, mm-hmm. um, how are we doing that? So last question. At least I think it's the last question. I might come on with more. Um, <laughs> What are some next steps, some ways y'all have experimented that maybe didn't work and some ways you're currently experimenting that you're hoping will, will work? Yeah, with, within the small groups, um, the ministry itself, we, we have had you know some ideas about how amazing it would be to have small groups that met within neighborhoods because our area is mostly built on neighborhoods that are less than 10, 15 years old. Yeah. And how great it would be for, and we've got a lot of members in each of these, so it wouldn't be great if they got together within their neighborhood, saw the neighborhood as their mission field. We've tried that. We have one group that's kind of function that is functioning oh, okay. that way, yeah. Um, but it hasn't 
I think I think probably because of schedules and life stages and all that stuff, it, it hasn't really worked out quite the way that we that we we dreamt of it. But it's still something that kind of sticks with me. As yeah. wouldn't that be amazing? Ah, uh, yeah, can, totally. Yes. Begin I'm to live that out more and more. Completely yes. with you on that. Um, another thing we have provided up until this point for our small groups with kids in home childcare. So the church pays for sitters to go to the homes and to watch the children. And so um, just right now with growth and, you know, you just can't get stuck in that mindset. Well, this is what we've done. And so we just have we've had a shortage now for two years, I would say, of sitters. And so we've just had I mean, we've been meeting actually for two, at least two years on how we can try to solve that problem. What can we do? Reached out to other churches, you know, to see how they model different things. And um, oddly enough. We couldn't find any churches that provided in-home child care, and now we know why. But, um, yeah, it's just really difficult, and so we're sort of moving to a model where we'll still provide child care. You can drop your kids off at church and then go meet in your small group. So that's just one of those ways that we're experimenting, and we started on Monday night. I um, actually started a group last week um, that we're starting that process. And so, yeah, we're kind of phasing out that in-home child care, so... Um, we'll keep you posted. We'll keep you posted <laughs> on how on how that goes. But um, yeah, we're hopeful that that'll be that that'll be a good step. That, that kind of fits our culture at the church as a whole because because we have been constantly growing. We're adapting. It seems like on a weekly yeah. basis, we're like, what? Okay, so this is different <laughs> than it even looked last week. So we have yep. to we have to do something different. And that's the example of the childcare is one of those one of those places where we really had to. Um, adapt, and I think we probably could have adapted sooner, but we're we're learning as we go. Yes, good. Um, anything else you want to say about discipleship groups? I know it's something else you're um, trying to work on. Yeah, we're trying to take this kind of next step. One thing that we've learned is that the key component for people coming into small groups, it seems like, especially people moving into our area from somewhere else, they're looking to connect. Um, they when they would even mostly say, probably, I want to connect with people. Like that's that's yeah. the the first thing that they're looking for is is community and connection with other people. And then as they enter into that, they they learn what small groups mean, and they're connecting with each other and with God while they're walking through that together. Um, what we've learned is that for a lot of our groups, it it's harder for that to become a, a place where they're doing e- an even deeper level of discipleship. Um, partly based on maybe on the, the schedule of schedules of that and just the format of it. Um, so what we've um, been piloting and are, are starting uh, to roll out this fall is some, something we're just calling it discipleship groups. I tried to get cute and find some other names for it. And, <laughs> uh, we'll go with what works. Hey, it's discipleship. It, <laughs> it, it is what it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so those are groups of three to five people who are coming around really a, a Wesleyan model of accountability groups. Yeah. Um, really, and what we're using are the, the again, those mission words. That, so we have four questions based on the, the mission of, of the church. How, how are you doing this? How are you seeking God? Um, even in, in the last week, how are you welcoming the people? And so, how are we living living that out and growing in our faith together? And so, um, and those those are um, actually going to designed to like we're equipping it. We're giving the kind of a toolbox for that and saying go Great. go inform these groups and let us know <laughs> let us know how it's going, how we can help. Yeah, uh, I like that. I mean, it's organic, but it also has some structure to it, and the and it's not based on curriculum. It's based on how are you living mm-hmm. as a disciple? That's right. Um, mm-hmm. at, uh, yeah, that's great. Good. Any last words of wisdom you want to impart about small group ministry and why it's important and work through the headaches and um, anything else you got? I think I would just say, you know, hey, hang on and keep um, keep like a, 
a spirit of being adaptable and, That's and, good. and listening, listening to God in the same way that we depend on the spirit to form the things that really happen in groups um, that happens within the life of this small group ministry as well as we, as we plan and think about what we can do. Uh, we're, we're definitely, we're guided by, by the spirit of God. Yes. And I was just adding to that too. I was thinking be flexible, be flexible. And, um, you know, we don't tie groups down like, well, at every group, you know, you have to meet at this time and you have to make a dinner and you have to do X, Y, Z, you know, like every group sort of decides that for themselves, they get to choose their curriculum. Um, you know, we kind of give them some resources that we recommend, but, you know, we give them a lot of flexibility in, um, what they do and, how they function in terms of, you know, the type of meal they do or what time that they start. And so I would say, you know, just kind of keep an open mind with that, guide them, but also be flexible and listen to the coordinator what's best for that group because it might not work well with another group. So, yeah, just really listen to them and uh, do what's best for the people at that stage of their life. Great. Well, I want to thank you both. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to benefit from this. So thanks for your wisdom. Thanks for having us, Scott. Yes, thank you. Once again, I want to thank Mark and Joy for their time and their wisdom and all that they do to help promote small group ministry at Providence and and for their wisdom. I hope you've learned some things. I want to highlight just a couple. You know, Providence is somewhat unique as lots of people are moving to Nashville from various parts of the country and they're looking for a place of connection. But I think that longing for connection is true wherever you are, whatever setting you are. People are looking for a place of belonging where they can uh, be vulnerable with one another, and can experience uh, true community. So I don't think that's completely unique there. And one of the things that I think small groups help foster. The other thing is um, that I do think Providence does very well that we can learn from is that there isn't just one type of group. As you heard, there's various types of groups. There's sort of the main small groups that help with assimilation and belonging and beginning to grow in discipleship. But there's also uh, what Mark described as discipleship groups. There's also their care nights where they have opportunities for people to take more formal classes in, in Bible studies as well. Um, so I think those are all, it's needed for people to find a place they can connect at whatever place they are and find a place where they can continue to grow. So I really appreciate Mark and Joy and um, thanks for their time. Um, and so uh, I hope you'll reach out to me as you as you want to make comments. And if you're part of the teachable course, to make sure and take part of the reflection questions in the forums that are part of that. And you can reach out to me on Twitter at Rev Scott's Tweets, also at UMC Adult Form for adult formation. You can find this and many more resources on our website, umcdiscipleship.org. So I look forward to uh, hearing your comments, your questions, and your suggestions and what will be helpful. And look forward to connecting to you and being in ministry together. Until next time, peace. Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.